What's up, Atlanta sports fans? My name is Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam Kalal, and we are Atlanta Zone. Two Atlanta natives recapping the week that was in Atlanta professional sports with wacky-ass hijinks and analysis. Adam, how's it going, sir? Rambo, it's going quite well. we got a little uh, Friday night recording session now. Since we've transitioned officially from football season to baseball season, we can do a Friday night show again, which is nice. Very fair. A little more relaxed. We can ease into it. Yep. So I'm, I'm doing quite well. Very happy to have a co-host, third co-host tonight, uh, Arthur Roach, who, if everyone else will remember from probably, what, our fifth or sixth episode? Something like that. Introduced us to the sport of soccer, and he's he's back to do that again. Yes, to see not a do. not a reintroduction, just to just introduce yeah. us. Yeah, <laughs> it, the, new season. We drank too much. I don't remember anything you said right. about uh, last drank year. Too much the whole season. The whole season. Um, welcome, welcome, sir. Arthur is one of our very loyal users who's been with us since the pretty much since the beginning. Yeah, first feedback we ever got. I think it was I, about the field, but I don't know what it's called. The uh, Dome. Remember when they were going to make the field out of the... Oh, the park. And then I told you about oh, it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I told you about it later. I was like, oh, I heard from somewhere. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I've heard from your it was podcast. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Turner Field, I do have an ad and an announcement where Atlanta's own, we're having our first official event. And it's actually legit this time. We always squawked, oh, we'll do a Falcons tailgate. Or, oh, we'll go do a Hawks game and invite people. Bullshit, that was never going to happen. But this time, it's a, already a Facebook group. Uh, Graham, what's our Facebook group? We are at Atlanta Zone Sports Podcast on Facebook. Far out. So check it out, because one of our uh, friends this past week, uh, Jeff Wardo de Delore, just randomly texted and said, I'm really craving just like a classic blue lot tailgate with like hot dogs and beers and like cornhole. And it was just a pipe dream on his end. But then quickly I was like, ooh, what's the next event going on for Georgia State? And sure mm-hmm. enough, they have a spring game coming up on April 7th. So Graham and I are going to be hosting a legit tailgate, old school, going back to our roots. Uh, cornhole, hammer schlagen, baby grill, hat dags, hamburgers, bring your own beer. We're not made of money. Um, but yeah. Please come out. We would like to meet some of you people who yeah. exist. So, you exist. So should we wear all of our Braves gear? Oh, definitely. Oh, okay. definitely so wear all your Braves gonna, gear. We're going to pretend like we're going to a Braves, Braves game. game. Yeah. yeah. We, we should find the audio to um, one of the World Series games and play that over the... That'd be fun. Ooh, that, or, or a uh, TV VHS combo. Sure. Plug it well, in. I ha- Pop I have, in the 95. I have the 95 I have, World Series I have the 95 tape. series and I have the 95 season. You have we the whole series? We could, yeah. Well, you had the season? How well, is that the, possible? The, the season like recap thing. Oh, you know, Jesus. Like the, and then they have the series recap. Yeah. And a different DVD. Oh, wow. I have both of those. Mm, or we could watch just a random driven. <laughs> yeah, that's also very fair. Um, we'll also do a live recording of a podcast. Ooh, that'd be fun. Should we? Yeah, that'd be great. I could okay. see that being an issue, but... No, it'll be fun. We'll just be drunk and, and, and just saying whatever. And if it doesn't go well, we'll just cut it. Yeah. Everyone who listens will be there. Yeah. Unless you're all machines. <laughs> I feel like if there are already actual people that we don't know that come, they're just going to be like sorely disappointed. Probably. Although. No. Let's, you know, hype it up a little bit. Okay. No. Yeah, have some confidence the blue, yeah, blue lot, the blue lot is so fun. We've, That'll been, we've been talking yeah. about just going to the blue lot. I just wanted to go on a random weekend before. But I, I mean, if the cops ran us off, that would be yeah, really, the, the, really throwback. This, from, like when we couldn't really drink. Drink and, there, yeah. I've, I've taken a piss yeah. in the bush across the highway there. 
Yeah. Did that a few times. Yeah, risking your life to go pee. Yeah. But, uh, no, that'll be a great throwback. Yeah, that's right. April 7th, 11 a.m. through, what, 5 p.m. at the Blue Lot for Georgia State's spring game. And we will be going inside Turner Field at some point, I hope. Yeah, I'm sure tickets are pretty reasonable. Yeah. Might be free. Probably free. It's a spring game, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, boys, let's jump into some Braves news. Um, biggest event, I'd say, of the last week-ish for the Braves is the re-signing of Peter Moylan. Peter. Uh, for you new Braves fans, um, Peter Moylan was a fixture in the bullpen in the mid-2000s. I think he came in in 06. Nasty right-hander from uh, down under, a little sidearm delivery. Uh, always seemed to provide pretty good outings over the years, but injuries really slowed him down. He had more in, more surgeries than you can count on two hands and uh, really bounced around a lot. Wound up in the Royals organization last year, had a pretty successful season, um, and signed as a free agent for the Braves this year. Yeah, he was a cool story because he was discovered, like you said, in 2006, but it was at the World Baseball Classic where he was pitching for Australia, and he was already, like, 20... He's pretty old. Do the math for me, 2006? He's, he's 39 now. He's 39, 39 now, yeah. so minus 2006. 27-8-ish. I'm going to agree with whatever you say. Somewhere yeah. in there. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he was a pharmaceutical sales rep at the time, and that was, like, the first ever World Baseball Classic, and the well, Braves he, jumped on him. He's still throwing pills, then. Mm. You could say that, yes. <laughs> that sounds like one of Veronica's sports puns there. <laughs> it's a bonus. Uh, yeah. But, um, yeah, I'm happy to have him back. If you recall, he was with us in 2015 as well. He was oh, yeah, a, for a little bit. He was a player coach. Yeah. But then he was pitching well enough to get called up. Um, but, yeah, then he got hurt again. But then he was a stud with the Royals the past couple of years all of a sudden. Well, I did a little deep dive into the stats uh, for him last year just because of the signing – and what was interesting was is he had a horrible first half of the season. His ERA at the All-Star break was like 5, 4, 6, something like that. At one point on June 25th, I got to infinity. He literally couldn't get higher than what he was. It was high enough. And then the second half of the year, he just took off and really just started shutting down people and had an excellent uh, July and September. With uh, I think September he had a zero ERA in July. It was like 0.79. So really he had two good months. And, and one solid month, but it seemed like he was a little bit up and down last year. I know we're not trying to like you know be contenders this year, but it is something to keep an eye on because, as we know, Brian Snitker likes to run out the corpse the corpses of old uh, Braves players such as Eric O'Flaherty and the charred ashes of Jim Johnson, even though when they they cannot contribute to a baseball team anymore. Well, I'd say even if he doesn't pitch you know super well this year, he's such a great clubhouse guy. Yes, he he's going to contribute. In that way, so it doesn't really matter if he if he pitches great or if he pitches like he did at the beginning of last year. I think he's going to probably contribute to the team. And that was just a classic Graham move right there, like taking something that we were like everyone <laughs> saw as a positive, and Graham just instantly spinning it. Why? Why? Who would look into the deep dive on his? Stats? I just wanted to know how you know. He pitched 72 times, so obviously he's a durable arm down there. Yeah, no, I mean he did not miss any time. He just sucked for three months. He had, I, I, saw, I heard on the radio that he had more outings than anyone in, in the majors last he year. He did. And Seven, he, I thought it was 79 or 72. I don't know. In the 70s. Yeah, that's a lot. Either way. We never have yeah. accurate stats. But I will say that, those are accurate. I will say this, <laughs> uh, he is excellent against right-handers, always has been. Last year he held right-handers to like a 189 batting average and just destroyed them. So if nothing else, he'll be a right-handed specialist. 
And I think, Arthur, you make a good point about him being a mentor, especially with uh, younger guys like A.J. Minter, who looked fantastic last year for the most part. It'd be great having a guy like Moylan, Moylan in there to show him how to carry himself. But um, overall, seemed pretty excited for the uh, Peter Moylan move. Didn't sound like it, but... I mean, I'm asking you guys. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. I, I mean, I, at this point, if you're going to bring in someone that's 39, he better do something more than just play baseball. He better be a, a player coach like player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I just think despite Graham's probably fake stat that he misinterpreted some way. Horseshit. Infinity. It is ERA. infinity. You can do that. Have you never you seen said that was in June? Yeah, he had an infinity ERA in June. So he ne- didn't get a single out until June. No, it was like it was going up and down. It got so bad at one point. It was such a shit outing that it reached infinity. His ERA, like you could not calculate it, you could not quantify it. It was infinity. That just can't, I feel like the only time you can have an infinity ERA if it's your first outing and you haven't made a single out and you give up a run. No, it went like over ten or something, and like got to infinity. I don't. Eleven's know. not infinity. Well, whatever. In ERA terms, it was infinity. It says it. This is why I hate baseball stats. <laughs> it's a pretty basic stat, though. It because means, that baseball, means you suck. Baseball people are like, don't you get it? And everyone's like, no, I don't get it. And then you like try to make them talk logically through it, and right. they just... And they get mad and yell at yeah. you. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, yeah, bottom line, I'm, I guess I'm pretty excited to see him now, especially after you saying your infinity stat, just to prove you wrong mm-hmm. a little bit. That's fair. But it's also a good point with the Eric O'Flaherty thing and that could potentially be the same thing. I just hope it's not a repeat of that. And that's, you know, once again with Snitker, he just loves throwing people out there that have no business being out there. So Maybe we'll bring back Rudy Sienez. Ooh, I want Brad Klontz to come back. Talk about a side armor. That man was a monster. That sinker? Yeah. Out of this world good. Mm. Um, the next Braves story is um, another former Braves reliever, Johnny Venters, is attempting a comeback. Anthony, <laughs> not much of a story there. It sounds like. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> Tell us more, Grab. Uh, MLB.com's Anthony Castro-Vince, however the hell you pronounce his name, wrote a really nice article about how Johnny Venters is attempting another comeback after three Tommy John surgeries, and he had another elbow surgery with the Rays. The last time Venters pitched was in the wild card game, the infamous 2012 wild card game. Infield fly. Um, yes, the infield fly game. And he hasn't pitched since then. As we all remember, Johnny Venters in 2010 and 11 was the most used pitcher out of the bullpen in baseball. was also one of the toughest, toughest guys to face if you were at the plate. Um, whether you're lefty or right, it didn't matter. He's a left-hander through 96 and also had a 96-mile-per-hour sinker and had a brutal slider. And he was just a pleasure to watch, but he just got run to the ground and his elbow just couldn't take it anymore. Um, but the story was really nice because it talked about his family. It talked about him wanting to get back and how his kids wanted to see him you know, playing the majors. So I, uh, I really hope that Johnny Venters can come back, and it's, and it's nice, to, nice to see that. He's one of my favorite relievers uh, what, during what that period he of time. With? He's with the Rays organization right now. I like he's been with them for a minute. He has. But um, just always hurt. Since 2014. And uh, the last surgery he got wasn't Tommy John. It was actually some other surgery, and he apparently pitched in high A last year and did really well, struck out like eight or nine people in like 12 innings or something. So, I mean, it's, I really – I'm wishing him the best, and uh, hope he can he can come back. But yeah, Chris Reedsma making a comeback too? Uh, not that I know of. Okay, <laughs> we got to keep an eye out, man. Every every all these former Braves relievers are in the news now. Canadian. Yep. No thoughts on Johnny Venters. No fond memories. Nothing. 
No, I mean, he was a beast. So what was it? It was Kimbrel, Venters, and O'Flaherty. 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 Before he was a corpse. Yeah. O'Flaherty would come out first and take up an inning in Venters. Then as soon as we got into the sixth inning, if we had a lead, it was I felt pretty confident yeah. that we were going to win. Seventh, eighth, and ninth was they would, O'Flaherty, they would just come in and, Venters, and yeah. Kimbrel. Yeah, we probably should have taken advantage of those three and won something. Yeah, no shit. Oh, the Braves should have taken advantage of good pitching and won something? I haven't heard that before. Yeah. 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 It's Once again, regular season success. <laughs> First round exit. First round exit. What we do. Can you imagine that bullpen with our mid-90s rotation? Oh, Jesus. Jesus. We would have had to have. That 96 (laughs) series of the Yankees would never have turned out the way it did. Because at that point, you would have had a venturable going in there and just shutting the door. We could have batted in the one, two, and three holes. We would have won. Yeah. So David Bryan wrote a nice article about how the Braves have been, you know, building up these, these arms for all these years in this rebuild. And how people have been bitching and complaining about where are the position players. And he wrote this article about the trio of Alex Jackson, the catcher, and Double uh, A Austin Riley, the third baseman prospect, and Ronald Acuna, sort of representing the future position players for the Braves, um, sort of being like our Schwarber, Brian, and Rizzo kind of thing, ready to come up and, and sort of help lead us to victory in the coming years. I don't like that comparison off the bat, but it would be nice if they were like those three. Yes. Is Jackson that good? Yeah, he's hitting really well in the minor leagues. He's apparently an excellent defensive catcher in terms of stopping the stopping pitches. He's he's calling good games, according to Luis Salazar, one of our uh, minor league coaches. And each of them are hitting like at least twenty bombs a year. Yeah. And so, and and Chipper was talking all about Alex Jackson, saying like you know he's got extreme power and he also hits for average. Like none of these guys are just like going to go up there like uh, what was that guy's name who sucked ass but hit a lot of home runs. Todd Frazier. No. Evan Gaddis. No. What, Jay Bruce? He do that? I don't know. It's a, it's a, naming pudgy it's a poor comparison. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the guys are taking measured approaches and are a bright spot for us in the near future, especially with Cunha, you know, set to make the team after May. Are you guys at all worried that the Braves' marketing department is going to do to him what they did to Dansby last year? Oh. Yeah, absolutely. You think so? I, I think it is so stupid to have a... I mean, to, Dancy Swanson was in the worst position possible he could have been last year. I mean, he, he came up and he had a bobblehead night, like like mid-season. That was, that's, that yeah, was I mean, that way was all, that too was all ambitious. scheduled before was he was... Nuts. He, like, yeah. yeah, he had posters all over Atlanta of him. I think it was in the minors when the bobblehead night was, wasn't it? Yeah, because he got sent down. Yeah. It was, we Hilarious. Had, did we have one bobblehead night that we had someone on the roster that was actually... Bartolo. Bar- Bartolo. No, he was but, gone. Oh, yeah. Was he gone at that point? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're saying they, did, they just slugged We, didn't, we didn't have a bobblehead night yeah. with someone that actually played. That's pretty pathetic. Yeah, Ozzy Albies already has a bobblehead. That's... Which well, is, he, he played a good... He did, but it's still... Is this still I mean, this is the same thing with still Dan, the same Dan, thing. Dan, yeah, this is going to technically be his rookie year, right? Yeah. Dansby I mean, came up and had a solid 20, 30 games, and he had a bobblehead, and then he sucked, and now the same thing's going to happen to Albies. No. Ozzy, I think, I no. Ozzy, it's a different story because Ozzy's almost flying under the radar at this point. Yeah, Acuna's taking all the yeah. spotlight. But I, I do, I do, to go back to your question, Adam, I really hope the marketing department leaves Acuna the hell alone and learn their lesson about, you know, Swanson. Because he spent so much damn time. I swear to God, every time I looked at the Braves' Facebook page, popping up on my feed, it was Dansby takes you through the locker room. Dansby takes you through SunTrust Park. Dansby takes a shit. It's like, I, I get it. Like, how would you let the kid train and get in baseball shape and not be in a position to make fucking 20 errors in a season as opposed to doing all these damn videos? Here's the difference between the two, though. Um, 
I think Acuna would be a little more able to handle that pressure. He has double the minor league at-bats that Dansby had. And also, Dansby completely skipped AAA. And Acuna has had more classic rise. Um, I think I read somewhere he's got the same amount of at-bats in the minors that Chipper Jones had. Nice. So it's more of a the way we should have done it with Dansby instead of rushing him because the Braves wanted to market it to somebody. Well, in all fairness, I think that there's a little bit different situation there since we had Acuna, you know, come straight out and we drafted Dansby from Vanderbilt. So he was, he already had his time in college. Traded for Dansby. Oh, well, he went to... Oh. Sorry. Yeah. We, so I see what you're saying. We though. acquired him and he had already spent three years in college. Yeah, so that's he didn't, a fair point. he didn't need as much time in the minors. That's, you know, that's the but trade-off. Now we see well, he did. Well, now we see he time. did, yeah. but... I see what also, you're saying. I, I forgot that about that. Yeah. From... from what we hear about Ronald Cunha right now, and from what we see from his stats in the minors, he is not the same type of player as Dansby Swanson. Yeah. And from any any level. Yeah, I guess Acuna's only like 19, and Dansby's like, yeah, Acuna, Dansby was what, like 22? He's about to be 24. Acuna's yeah. 20, and Dansby's 23. I think, I think he just turned 24. Oh, okay. But yeah, I mean, good same thing, pretty much. Yeah. That's a good point. Also, I think there's a difference in the sense that Dansby was drafted number one overall by the Diamondbacks. Acuna kind of just came out of nowhere. He's from the Frank Wren era. Thank God for Frank Wren. Him and Ozzy yeah. are from the Frank Wren era. Like, this whole pitching, us drafting nothing but pitching, is kind of backfiring a little bit. Well, everyone could have said that. We, we only took pitchers the first, like, 18 rounds of every draft in the last yeah. few years. Which I always supported until... I think the jury's still out on that. It's getting close. But but here, here's the kicker yeah. with, like, pitching prospects are so much more... I mean, that's why we have so damn many... Because they're so hit and miss versus like a big time like outfield prospect. Acuna type. Acuna type is much more of a given. Mm -hmm. Um, Nothing's really a given. Yeah, but more of a given. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You have a better chance. There's more. There's also more trade value in like big name um, arms. Yeah. Infield outfield prospects versus pitchers. But that's a complaint for another day, I suppose. Well, have have we seen one of those prospects come up and thrive yet? No. I mean, have we seen any of them? I think I mean Fulte is the only one that you know did anything worthwhile last year, and I guess mm-hmm. Albies did okay. But in terms of the pitching prospects, right. you know they gotta be on fucking notice at this point. You gotta hey, think. Yeah, Whistler pitched two scoreless innings today, Graham. I wipe my ass with Whistler. Yeah, I don't have a lot of confidence in him at all. Yeah, um, but I, I I think this is a big opportunity for these. I mean, we said this last year in terms of the young guys, but now more of them are getting ready. And we also have I don't know I don't think Mike Soroka is in a position to get on the team, but I am very excited to see more Luis Gohara and see more Sean Newcomb because I feel like both those guys have fantastic stuff. And if Newcomb can cut down the walks, because he had an absurdly high walk rate last year, I mean the sky's the limit for these guys. It's just like can they put it together? On paper, they seem like excellent pitching prospects, and we've seen them flash things, but it's just no consistency. And maybe it's a little unfair for us to expect them to be so consistent immediately, but. As a fan, you got to, you know, I'm getting impatient personally. Yeah, impatient, but I'm excited about the whole copy thing sucked. But after hearing what Anthopolis is doing uh, in his first few weeks, like, there's there's promise. So I like, it could be a change for the better. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just so much more of a people person than copy was. We've heard that from, yeah, for a while now. Uh, but it's also things like I heard. Um, Anthopolis was like walking around the clubhouse going to each individual position player with their scouting reports for what opposing teams are doing 
to get them out. And Love just that. Going over with that, yeah. Love that. Like, I don't think Copy ever talked to them. No. And if he did, he would have been awkward and weird with yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> like, invited them up to his office or something like yeah. that. So there's been some cool stories like that. Like, there's also one where, I guess, Anthopolis was calling a meeting with the marketing team, hopefully to tell them, don't screw us with the Cunha. Oh, like, really? Well, that's just my speculation. That'd be great. He, yeah, he that'd call- be really nice. <laughs> he called a meeting with them, and, like, everyone immediately, like, sat down and had their, like, yellow legal pads out, like, ready to take notes. And he's legal like, pad. They don't have iPads or... I'm, what, what were they talking about? Legal pads. It's an old school organization. The Braves way, <laughs> goddammit. I, I assume legal pads because that's what I would have had. Okay. Um, no sabermetrics in that room. Yeah. No, not at all. <laughs> Bring out the encyclopedias. Uh, but like Anthopolis was like, no, no, no. Just put all of that away. I just want to get to know you guys. So that's progress, it seems like, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think he's taking a nice and measured approach and getting to know people in the organization. And... Um, yeah, we'll see what he does when it comes to personnel, but you know he, he's definitely giving off a great first impression so far. So, so go ahead. No, you go ahead. All right, so speaking of, and we can cut this all out if it's too long, but I just legitimately wanted to read this to you too in real life. So there's a Braves blog that I'll give credit for this. They're called Walk Off Walk. Uh, you can check them out at Walk Off Walk. Uh, they did two articles in the past two days. One was the 10 best decisions of the heart copy era, the 10 worst decisions. Hmm. Which one would you like to hear first? I would like to hear the uh, the best first and All say right. the worst for last so we can end it on a sour note like Atlanta sports. Like you like to do. Yes. All right, so we'll roll through these real quick. Uh, deciding to rebuild is one of the best decisions. So is that number 10? That's number 10. Okay. Okay, so it only gets better from here. Yep, because not every team... That was can, a pretty good decision. Though. Yeah, not every team yeah. can pull the trigger on that. So that's great. Number nine, getting Shelby Miller. Mm-hmm. That was a Jason Hayward trade. Yeah. Got Shelby that Miller. Was yep. That was the flip for Dansby. And, and Ender. And Ender. More importantly. Uh, number eight, Tyler Flowers slash Kurt Suzuki. That worked out last year. I would put... No, just real quick. I would already put the damn Ender deal above... Suzuki and Flowers. That's but it wasn't. We're, the, it we're wasn't going from Ender, ten to one. Wasn't yet, the Ender deal yet? We got the Shelby Miller, which is going to lead to the Ender deal. Ten, well, ten nine. Eight. Okay, sorry. Okay, I, I <laughs> fucked that up. All right, fine, 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 fine. I have a feeling that deal is coming up. So, Graham, what you were doing? You were counting from one to ten, but we're going from ten to one. So you just have to reverse it in your mind, okay? No, but that's what we just said. <laughs> no, because ten was rebuilt. ten was the, like. Nine number was, one is the best. Number ten is I understand. Like the tenth best. So nine was Shelby, and then Suzuki was eight. They're saying Suzuki's better than Shelby deal. I would I would disagree, I disagree with that too. Okay, yeah. that's fair. That's yeah, what I'm that's saying. That's fair. You yeah. jump you jumped the gun. But I think that's coming. So number seven, getting Alex Jackson for nothing. Yes. Sure. Um That was a hell of a deal. I mean I looked that up today too. It's like two shitty Seattle Mariners pitch. I mean, we gave them Two shitty pitchers that we're never going to use for who could be our catcher of the future. Oh, that Whalen guy who like pitched half a season for us was that that trade? I don't even remember the guys' names. They ring no no bells, but they Rob were Whalen and Max Bose, whatever. No. Number six is just drafting in general. Okay, this is lazy reporting. Just drafting. 
just drafting. Well, the, well, they also <laughs> go into. What is he watching? They watching okay. the Winter Olympics, the the, the ski. In the rebuilding drafted. years, the Braves have drafted Kyle Wrighting, Anderson, Soroka, mm-hmm. Allard, Joey Wenz, Austin Riley, AJ Minter, Bryce Wilson, and Kyler Muller, and more. Fair. Number five, buying Tuki Toussaint. Yeah, no, I'm still looking forward to seeing him pitch. Yep, that's a name I, I kind of forget about. Number four, the J Up deal. Do you remember that hmm. one? Yeah, but the kind of like the only person of note from that is is Freed at this point, and we don't know what he's going to do. Like he's on the verge, it looks like to maybe. I mean, if he's a beast, a then, if he's a beast, then I'll say no, yes. no, 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 because we got Malik Smith, who we oh. traded to the fucking Rays, and we got for nothing. No, that's not true. Yes, it is. Who did we get back from Alex? Um, Diddly shit. I don't know why we gave up on him. He had a really good season last I year. I would assume some young pitching because that's what we like. Yeah, true. Number three, Luis Gohara. Fair. Very fair. Number two, Ender and Dansby. Okay. That was definitely yeah, what's the best one? trade. Number one, not trading Freddie Freeman. Oh. oh. Yeah, no. If they trade Freddie Freeman, I'm going to SunTrust Park. I feel like there, there should be a, a kind of a part B to that is not trading Freddie and trading Hayward. Yeah. Because at the time, that was very like, who, if we're going to trade one, every uh, most people thought, you know, Hayward's our player. But well, he hit like two thirty his last year. Yeah, and he, I think from a, you know Hayward, his problem was always hitting. After two thousand twelve, right. he couldn't hit worth a damn. Right. So I think it became pretty cut and dry that like Freddie is a consistent hitter, he is MVP caliber bat. Whereas while Hayward is an elite defender, he's just not. He just can't fucking hit anymore but for some there's reason. There's too much and in his swing versus Freddie. That's just Freddie's so, just pure. It's yeah. like the sharp. Slight uppercut, boom, Hayward's like, I'm going to... Freddie's like me throwing a dart. It's just a simple one-back move. Yeah. And it's just like very repeatable versus like yours where you... Yeah, you that's very similar. When yep. you throw a dart, you're like doing your back and forth bullshit and it's like a dis- different release period yeah. every time. For five minutes, like Hayward when he's swinging. Yeah, uh, no, it's the same damn thing. Correct me if I'm wrong. Hayward had way better power numbers back then, right? Yeah, I he mean, did. Freeman wasn't hitting a ton of home runs. No, he was hit, nah. Freddie would hit like twenty, and Hayward got like twenty-seven in two thousand twelve. But now I say Freddie has Freddie has more power now, much more power, and he's become a more disciplined hitter. He's the leader of our team, absolutely. Yeah, and even though I love Jason as a person. I mean, it was a clear decision. That's a good one. Like, imagine how much we would hate. Do you think we'd still be following the Braves if we had? Of course, kept uh, you have to, Freddie. If you're a true fan, kept, I mean, we would, but we'd but I would still be upset. Off. I would have. I would have. Committed some heinous sacrifice of multiple chickens outside of SunTrust Park in protest. That's reasonable. So speaking of um, protest and being upset, some of these are probably going to get you going, Graham. Mm-hmm. Ten worst decisions of the hard copy era. And once again, this is from walkoffwalk.net, Stephen Tolbert. Don't know if he's related to the running back or not. <laughs> uh, I don't know why that was so funny. <laughs> Number 10, not trading Julio Tehran. Yeah, I agree. He should have been gone a long time ago. Yeah. I don't want to start ranting about him, but yeah. I, don't, I don't like that he's our ace. Could have gotten a lot of value back for him. Especially after, what was that? 2016. 2015 had a pretty good year, didn't it? No, it was a down 2015. 2016 had a great year. Two, yeah. Probably should have flipped him then. Yep, he was one of the most attractive names on the market. Yep. Uh, number 9, that's a good one. Copy being a cheating asshole. Yeah, that's fair. How is that a... Oh, I guess we're not talking... That's just bad. These are the worst decisions. Okay. These are the yeah. worst decisions. But how was that a decision? He decided oh, just him cheating. Okay. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go back to the best decisions. I think number one should have been firing them and ending this. 
But that wasn't Copy and Hart's decision. That's true. Yeah. Um, number eight, rebuilding around pitching. Mm. Jury's out. We, we kind of got into that one already. I, I mean, I guess we haven't seen any results, but maybe they could. Yeah, the jury's still out, though, because yeah. those guys are so young. Yeah. Number seven, Brian. Like, you can't, real oh, quick, you can't sorry. say that you love that you drafted Ian Anderson and Mike Soroka and all these other, and Kyle Wright, and then say, oh, we shouldn't have built around pitching, because those guys could all turn out to be studs, or we could flip them for something of value. So I think that's a horseshit take, because the jury's still out. And it did say this is going to be the most controversial. They said that in the article. I mean, I would like a little more balance, but the jury's out. Okay. You can't, I don't think you can proclamate at this point. Number seven, Brian Snitker. That's mm. fair. And I forgot that Hart's last move before being fired was picking up Snickers' option. That should, that should have been an Anthopolis decision, whether or not to keep him. Did Hart do that from the golf course? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> Just call it in. Yeah, yeah, yeah whatever. Yeah, Sign it. Like it doesn't matter. Seventh green. It's on fucking yeah. autopilot, that yeah. Snicker. He golfed every day, more than Trump probably. Graham, I needed to get a fresh beer anyway, so I'm just going to say this one, and I'm expecting a rant. Probably not get anything then. Weird fascination with aging veterans. <sighs> yep. We can run down the list of all the aging veterans that the Braves signed. Um, why did we make the deal for Nick Markakis? I like Nick Markakis, but what the fuck? Why did we get Eric O'Fleary to come back? Um, Matt Kemp. Goddamn um, signing 31-year-old Hector Oliveira, trading for him. Getting rid of Alex Wood, who's now one of the premier left-handed starters in baseball. Those aren't aging veterans. You're just naming all the other deals. Ari Dickey, Bartolo Colon. Yeah. Those guys. No, plenty of those guys. Stop. Matt Kemp was still old as shit. But those are the the ones that... He was standard. It's the stopgap. Like, all right, let's. The, everyone knew this is a one-year thing. Yeah, Brandon Phillips. Even though I loved him. I was like, why? I feel like Brandon Phillips was kind of essential for what we needed at that time. No, I don't think so. We didn't get anything for him. He supplied fun, and but he, he was, was also a good player. Like a million dollars was cheap. Yeah, but oh, I, mean, I thought that was a great sign. Why don't you put some young guy who needs to cut his teeth in there as opposed to well, putting some old ass guy who doesn't have anything to prove? We couldn't bring Ozzy Albies up. We had to. Wait to bring him up. I would have rather keep him Jace fucking Peterson play there or something. I don't know. Jace Peterson. He needs to go play safety or something. Yeah, I know. I mean, he's bad. But you know what I mean? It's like, again and again, the veterans. The veteran presence was way too strong here. Jesus Christ. Mainly with the pitchers. That's that's where I was with that. Yeah, no, the pitchers were bad, but the... Position player stuff was still still bugged the hell. So out of you me. you pretty much named every every other one. Um, number five signing Nick Markakis at the beginning of a rebuild. Pointless. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he coming off back surgery, right? Yeah, I mean he's been very productive, and I respect him. He lost all his power with his back surgery. Well, yeah, and I mean that, and he, but he's a he's a good hitter. He gets on base, machine. but he, it's just like what's the point? Yeah, what's the fucking point? Yeah, I don't understand why Nick. That either why he would want to come into a rebuild. Well, he is from Georgia. Gave him fifteen million dollars. Yeah, no one else is going to give him that money. (laughs) Orioles were like, you can take a walk, pal. Yeah, I would have done that too. Then number four, using Craig Kimbrell in a salary dump. That's interesting because that was probably the key to getting rid of BJ Upton. Yeah, I don't know how else you could structure that deal. Yeah, as much as that sucked. But these guys made an excellent point. So they got some money back in the deal. So you could see the logic, but Atlanta was just starting a full-scale rebuild. They were going to be bad for a while. Having one more bad player on the team really shouldn't have been that bad of a deal. So 
We could have just had B.J. Upton out in right field instead of signing Nick Markakis. That is true. So that's the same money right there, Yeah, essentially. But and then we could have actually swapped Kimbrell for some real assets. That's fair. Yeah, but if the, with those two, we would have just gotten more young pitching, and they would just be sitting at BJ, double A anyway. B.J. is such a, such a cancer, though. That, that's, although then he played well. Couple of years. Oh, yeah, he hit how many home runs did he like hit? Like twenty three or something. Yeah, stole so twenty annoying. bases. We did get Austin Riley in the pick in that deal, though. There you go. So well, I don't like when something. we talk about you trade a pick and then you get this for the pick. It, I don't like those. A too convoluted. Yeah. yeah. Well, our, I guess um, who was it that was picked the pick before, right after um, our like third round? I think it was um, guy in the at the Angel. Mike Trout was picked. We like we had the pick. No. To pick him, and we didn't. We passed on Mike Trout? Yeah. Well, no one knew Mike Trout was going to exactly. be Exactly. That's why I don't like the argument for you trade the pick and then you got this for the pick. It's uh, too much. Yeah. Well, that sucks. Yeah. Could have gone without knowing that, Arthur. So did pretty much 31 other teams or however many fucking baseball <laughs> I don't teams think there. it was the first round. I think yeah. it was, I think it was uh, the yeah, third. Yeah, he was fair. late. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like everyone said he was going to be a monster. All right, number three is your boy Matt Kemp. Yeah. Number two... Simmons. That is one of the biggest fucking blunders in that goddamn organization's history. You have a once-in-a-lifetime, a once-in-a-lifetime, a once-in-a-generation shortstop who saved like 25 runs per year, and you're going to get rid of him. No, no trade would have made me get rid of Andrelton Simmons. That man was a beautiful defender. Whatever you got with the bat was just gravy. Trading him is idiotic and so fucking stupid. What do we reap from that? Maybe Sean Newcomb. Maybe. And I don't think he can replace the defensive value of Andrelton Simmons saving 27 goddamn runs a year. It's Bullshit. Going, it's going up. You said 25 at first. Now it's Whatever. Like, no one does that. Who? No one. He's a freak. We traded a freak for potential. It's not Bullshit. Like, it's not like he was young Bullshit. and controllable or anything. <laughs> <laughs> fucking horseshit. Every time I see him, and he, and he figure out how to fucking hit last year. God damn it. Continue. <laughs> I should not have done this segment. <laughs> Hot button segment. Number one, Hector Oliveira for Alex Wood. Oof. We already, yeah, I already talked about that. that, that I, don't was... think, I don't think Graham can get any hotter anyway, so. <laughs> All right. And even at the time, even when Wood wasn't even, you know, had reached his potential, it's just like, why are we trading for this 31-year-old Cuban defector who's 31 years old and hasn't played in fucking Major League Baseball yet? God damn it. Stupid. Because Alex Wood throws funny. That's what everyone kept saying. Well, he's got it's a... just a bad trade, man. It's a yes. bad trade. That's why it's number one. What, what do you think the Diamondbacks say about the Shelby Miller? Well, yeah, we, it, we, it happens. Well, yeah, we porked them. You get beat. But, but at the same time, Shelby Miller, proven commodity at the time. Hector Oliveira, you know nothing about. But Zilch. To be, to be fair, Alex Wood wasn't you know, a proven commodity at you know, no, he you, wasn't, but we he knew... He was like 10 and 11 or something? Yeah, well, I don't give a shit about his record, but I... I you know what they say, you, Graham? You don't, you don't trade some 24-year-old pitcher for some old-ass guy who's never played in baseball before. Especially if he went to the University of Georgia. Exactly. <laughs> Not exactly. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I, I do have a, a fun about fact about Ronald Acuna, if I just want to slip this in here. Go ahead. He is wearing the number 34, a sacred number in Georgia. That's Herschel Walker's number. Greatness. Doesn't seem like a baseball player number. Well, he'll probably get a different number right, but right now he's oh. the number thirty-four. <laughs> spring training yeah. number or whatever. Yeah, they got to switch that out. No, I think that, that it's greatness. That's not going to work for him. Um, 
Okay. Sorry I did that to you, Graham. No, that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good to vent and release your, your anger over things. Um, uh, Better I, than holding it in. One last thing on the Braves, current Braves. The Chris Archer rumors out there again. Good Lord, every year. Not interested. We already have enough goddamn pitching prospects. But this is a proven pitcher. Also has an exceptionally, seemingly high ERA every year, even though he strikes out a lot of guys. I don't know. I'm I'm not interested in getting... Where is he? Is he with the Rays? Yeah, he's with the Rays. I feel like they've shopped him every year. No one's taken him. They're asking too much. Him and Sonny Gray. Every offseason. Well, Sonny Gray's gone now, right? He got traded last year. He's on the Yankees now. Yeah. He got traded last offseason. I, I, I think. But I, I, can't I feel like every year he was at the A's, we were like linked to the Braves. Yeah. Why are we linked to these one? Like, is that all we put out as feelers? Like, I'm, we want him and him. Mediocre. Yeah, I, I don't want. And, and Archer's like twenty nine or thirty. Yeah. yeah, it's just I don't care. Not interested. I'm not interested either. We'll move on. Hope that goes away. I'm not interested in trading with the Rays because they seem to get us every time. Fleece us. Yeah. yeah. No. Oh no! Actually. Oh god. Screw you, Graham. Yep. Uh, Malik Smith. We traded him to Seattle for Luis Gohara. Ooh, and then they, they yeah, it was the same day trade. That's right. Yes. Uh, okay. I'll, I'll take I'll take it back. I also think we should. So start. that was a great trade. We should start calling Luis Gohara Luis Gohara in the paint. I don't know. Is that not a? Is like that, that a? That, that's a that's a sports pun. Yeah. Yeah. And All right. And I, I think he's going to be a, in the rotation this year. I will. That's I, yeah. I, I will eat crow, and admit I was wrong. I have one other sort of national story about baseball, uh, and to totally contradict myself. Uh, so Rich Eisen, he of former ESPN and currently of NFL Network fame, as Adam shakes his head at me. I know this story. It's horseshit. Yes. Uh, said he was talking with a executive in baseball right now and says they are talking about, basically, if you're down in the ninth inning, that managers will have the ability to bat whoever they want, regardless of where they were uh, in the eighth inning. So meaning, like, if the Yankees are at the bottom of their order going into the ninth inning, they can just bring up Giancarlo Stanton, Aaron Judge, and Giancarlo Stanton again or something like that. Does that mean we can bring Chipper out of retirement? Yeah, pretty much. This can, makes no sense. Yeah, those are, it's not – they said they're thinking about about it. There's And when baseball people think about something, it takes them 10 years to think about it before they do something well, about it. Well, if they're it. all sitting around the table with their legal pads, they need to get the fuck up and, <laughs> right. and leave. They need to burn the legal the pads. the dumbest thing I've ever heard about. Isn't it, though? So, yeah, that's ridiculous. I mean, A, it's just dumb. B, <laughs> <laughs> like – you're going to mess up the stats. Like, you can't take anybody's stats from that era seriously again. Because they bunch would of asterisks. immediately get, like, extra at-bats every game. Well, I think it's also just, to use our boy uh, Trump's favorite word, very unfair to the team that has kicked ass the whole game and say, okay, we're in the lead. But now we're going to be PC, DC liberals to the team that's losing and say, oh, well, here's a chance to come back and win the game. Here's a chance. Bring up your best players. You don't deserve it, but you've been getting your ass kicked all day, but bring Plus, up your best players. Baseball games are long enough. Who wants more extra innings? So uh, so one more, or so I guess another um, change to the rules that I think would be great is for them to limit the amount of pitchers that can pitch for a team in one game. Make it five, make it four, something like that. <laughs> These end-of-the-game pitching changes are ridiculous. If we There's one pitcher for each batter. They're take, the game's taking four hours. I don't mind that because of the strategical elements around that. Because okay, so this was be, this would be more strategic. Well, you got to okay. So if you if you lose a pitcher, if if he's just completely derailed in the third inning, 
the manager has to really sit down and think, okay, we need a long reliever here. So you only we can only have four or five, you know, whatever the number is. Put a cap on how many relievers you can put in there. Yeah, it would be interesting. Not a tell, I mean, idea. tell me how bad that would be for the game. I mean, it definitely speed it'd, it'd things up. It'd be good up. for the fans. And terrible for the players. Yeah, would it though? Yeah, because if you only, you're saying you only can have one pitcher per inning. No, like no, one I'm, pitching change. I'm no, I'm saying a, a cap on how many. A cap on the whole game. You can use let's say five, just for the sake of argument. You can only use five. You can only use five pitchers in the game. That should be doable. Yeah, it should yeah. be. But this era, it's just you can use five in one inning. Sometimes it's just it's just unreal. I actually, you know what? That would be interesting. I'm, I'm, I think that's far more sound than what these idiotic executives in MLB are are, are thinking right now. I think that's just Rich Ice and, and them trying to make us talk about them. Right. It could be. Well, it's working. Because they're like, no one else has cable, especially the premium cable that you have to pay an extra channel to get MLB Network. Mm -hmm. Who the hell would pay for that? So we have to come up with some absurd rule that clearly a video game wouldn't even implement. Yeah. Just to get Graham Waldrop on Atlanta's own talking about us. Yeah, very unfair. And I also, just to go back to that, I think that, you know, if you make that rule... You're never going to have anything exciting happen. I know that's trying to generate excitement, but oh yeah, John Carlos Stanton's coming up. Of course, he might hit a walk-off home run. Brooks Conrad comes up in 2010 and hits a walk-off grand slam. Who the fuck's expecting that? That's the beauty of baseball, man. You 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 do this new bullshit rule, you take that away. You don't give the underdog a chance to be a hero. This is fair, Graham. They're they're also. Keep in mind, as with a lot of things, ridiculous rules are like that are not for the fans like us. They're for the casual fans that would that like the YouTube videos with just the highlights. Yeah. Everyone's got short attention spans nowadays, Graham. They just want to see the two or three superstars up in the biggest moment. Yeah, I, I no guess. one cares about Brooks Conrad. I mean, baseball's been fighting this for a while. That. It's really hard for anyone to sit down if they're not a real big fan to sit down and watch a whole baseball game for three and a half hours. Right. Yeah. Not right. to mention the generation that really watched baseball is dying out, and people don't have cable anymore. They're so. using legal pads in meetings. <laughs> <laughs> but I. But you know, I think baseball has made some good rule changes, especially with the uh, the replay. Right. That that helps us, even though it slows the game down. It helps us get the calls right. That need to that need to be right when human error should not be affecting the outcome of baseball games in that respect, in the officials' respect. The one positive rule change that is actually happening this year is they are limiting the number of times a coach can go visit the pitcher. It's already been limited. It's only once per inning, and, and if it's, it's twice. Limited. If it's twice, you take the pitcher out. It's limited either even more. So you only got once, and that's it. There's no mound visit. No, you get like. Three times a game to go visit it. Yeah, but and no, you make, get and you not get, make a pitching change. Oh wait, so now it's not going to be, you know, you get two an inning for one pitcher. It's just it's three like times three over the whole game. game. Oh shit! Wait, are you serious? That's a you can work around that pretty easy. Just have your catcher go out and say whatever he wants to that's say. True. That's true. But what about if you got to make that? That kind of feeds into what right. you're talking about though with the relievers. So, you, if you only use five pitchers combined with that rule, the manager is going to have to be working and trying to figure out when should I actually go out and talk to him because if I do I can only talk to him one more time and then he's got to come out and then I got to figure hey it would at least make these baseball managers who don't do shit especially in the American League actually have to think about something yeah well that's fair that'll be interesting okay so here's the actual news on it a couple of the other changes um commercial breaks will be shorter 
Pitchers may throw as many warm-up pitches as they want before the commercial break ends, but will no longer be guaranteed eight warm-up pitches. <laughs> They're just firing them out there as fast <laughs> as they can. <laughs> they're, they're like, bring out eight warm-up balls. Yeah. <laughs> Don't even throw the ball back to me. <laughs> Johnny Vinner's going to get hurt that way. Oh, yeah. No. He's going <laughs> to pop his elbow on the first time he goes out in the major leagues again. All right, mound visits will be um, – it, it's limited to six per team per nine innings. That should be relievers or pitchers in general, not just mound. Do they really visit the mound more than six times? Oh, yeah. You can visit the mound for one pitcher twice before you have to take them out. The first time's the, you know, just mound visit. The second time you got to take out the guy. I'm sorry, but what could they possibly say? Twice. You fucked up, and then the second time, you're out of here. I mean, I'm, I mean, I've, I've have not been. It would be good to hear, like, someone that has actually pitched, but are they just coming out and saying, like, calm down? Yeah, probably. Just, here's the situation. He's not a curveball hitter. Don't give him any... He's going to swing at the first pitch. Just don't give him anything the first pitch. Go ahead and go. Perhaps. Or are they yelling at you? I don't know. I guess it depends, it depends on the coach, on the coach too. Yeah. Situation. Either Pass. way, yeah. if you're this far in as a pitcher, you should pretty much know what's going on. So they're trying to speed it up anyways. Yeah. That's the bottom line. That's the bottom line. It's, it, as much as they... If, if they can speed it up, it's still going to be the slowest game. In sports. No matter what. So it doesn't matter. They should just Football is pretty damn slow, though, man. Don't. There's no comparison there at all. Yeah. There is. But the interest of the public, like, people like watching football a hell of a lot more than they like watching baseball. Generally. Some and people. Most I, people. I understand. From the ratings like, bear it yeah. out, too. I mean, I understand. The, For know, football the to be three to hours the, long and there's, what, yeah. like, nine minutes of action? Yeah. I mean, college, crazy. college football in gen, like is worse than the NFL in that regard, but... There's Still. so much standing around. That is the great thing about a sport like soccer. It's nonstop action. Like that's what I do appreciate about it. Which seems like a decent segue to our uh, <laughs> Atlanta United discussion. Yeah. So uh, one of the reasons we brought in Arthur, as we mentioned, is to talk about Atlanta United um, and preview the season coming up. So. Arthur knows a hell of a lot more about soccer than we do, as, as you longtime users will remember. So, Adam, I know you had a question for Arthur to uh, kick off the, this segment with. Well, did you have, like, an introduction? Or do you no. want us to just jump into questions? Yeah, you can go ahead and jump in. I, I um, went online and, like, got some, uh, just, like, some money figures, just so I thought they were kind of interesting uh, that I was going to share. But you can start with questions. It's fine. So, the one big thing I've heard from the offseason is we signed this young kid. Yep. Is it Ezekiel? Yep. Barco. Yeah. So, here's what I know about the guy. Let's hear it. He's 18 years old. Correct. He plays soccer. He does? And he has braces. I didn't know he had braces. He has braces. Yeah. Is there anything else I need to know? Um, we signed him for a, an MLS record deal. Um, the figures I have, which I'm going to have to say up front... Uh, are in pounds, so we have to convert that to dollars. <laughs> I'm not going to do that in my head. I can try. Um, but we signed him for 11.5 million pounds. That's like $16 million, which is an MLS record. Six For for one year, or how does that work? Um, I'm not sure what the contract is, but it, it, in international soccer, it's a little different. Arthur wants his damn championship. Not this Arthur, but he, Arthur Blank. He he definitely does. So we are uh, we have the highest highest salary now in the MLS. We're paying again in pounds thirty one point 
1.88 million pounds you, you for, are, our, for our team. <laughs> you ahead. obviously didn't see our... He listened to our last week's episode. I where, did. Oh, about the Home Depot and... Uh, oh, us, yeah. Let's try to crunch some numbers on that. Yeah. So this that whole was... pounds calculation is going to be... <laughs> Way over our heads. So, it means so, nothing to me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how much this is going to work, but if, you, if you're calculating at home, you can pause the podcast. A one dollar... I'm sorry, one pound is equal to $1.40, generally, is what the so figure is. 11 pounds, it's more dollars, bottom line. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. <laughs> the pound is stronger than the dollar. To How's si- that? To so all these numbers will be lower but in, in dollars, but, you know, you'll get the, get the gist. Um, but basically, we, we have the, you know, we're paying the most for our players this year in the MLS. I wonder how the rest of the MLS feels about Arthur just well, basically throwing football money at these yeah, people. Yeah, and we're approaching it differently too. We're we're signing you know unknown South Americans pretty much, and if with this strategy we're thinking, hey, let's sign this eighteen-year-old Barco kid uh, in two years, we might be able to sell him for you know thirty million. I think I talked about that in the first time I came on um, that um, for Martinez. I think we signed him. I, it wasn't. It wasn't too much. I, I think that um, uh, Almiron was actually more for like seven and a half uh, million. Um, again, I think that's pounds too. But um, Almiron's already worth way more than that. I mean, if we wanted to sell him right to now. Sell him we to sell him to a European team? Anyone, yeah. I mean, yeah. to a Mexican team or a European team or whoever. Yeah. Um, he's, his value was more than what we paid for him. So Arthur is using his money kind of wisely here. I know he's paying a lot, but um, especially for these younger players – you know, the logic is out there that he's going to make money in the long run doing this. That's fair. Um, and I think that that's going to help the MLS in general because they're going to they're going to see, you know, if this, you know, if this does work out and we're just going to start making money. And, you know, we use that money to sign better players and, you know, keeps going up from there. I don't know if the MLS has restrictions on, you know, salary cap or anything. I'm, I'm really not that familiar with it. But yeah. um, in my opinion, if it does, they need to get rid of it immediately. Um, the MLS... As, as the MLS goes, I think that our national team will go. So if we re- if we get rid of all of our – I don't like the draft. The MLS draft is dumb to me. Um, I, I get the merits of it. It's going to get Americans into the MLS. But, you know, Americans are going to be in the MLS anyway because that's where the scouts are. Um, they're, in, they're here watching these, these young players. Um, so I think that, you know, as the MLS gets better, I think that that will, you know, make our national team better too. Obviously, we didn't make the World Cup this year, which is, you know, really disappointing. But I think if if all the MLS teams operated like Atlanta United would is right now, um, I think that the uh, future is bright. Even though we are bringing in people that aren't American. Speaking of Barca, what? Why is he such a hyped up um, player? Why do people give a shit? What is he bringing to the table that, you know, why is his value so high? Um, so he he played for a team in Argentina. He's Argentinian. Um, so he played in a, for a uh, club team down there. Um, he did relatively well. I don't know his. I don't. I don't know his goal count. He is uh, more of a attacking midfielder, forward kind of player. So he's going to be a goal scorer. He actually scored his first goal in our second friendly um, a few days ago. Um, so he's already on the on the score sheet. I saw that. Yeah. It, Good yeah, looking goal. I, yeah, it looked looked pretty. You know, he was on the left and he cut in. I think he's right footed. So I guess they're going to play him, or they were playing him out wide on the left, so he can cut in with his right. And he made a nice little move and scored. Um, I didn't see that whole game, but I did see that one clip, which was good. 
So what were the other big offseason moves? Didn't we lose one of our big names from last year that a lot of people would know? We did um, Assad, who was on loan. Um, we did he his loan is up, so he's gone. Okay. Um, so is Barco and, a better player than Assad? Um, apparently, again, I haven't really seen Barco play, but from all accounts, uh, Barco was like a top twenty, you know, young player in the world. So he's, yeah. I think he was like number eighteen. So he was just on that list, but pretty impressive that. The MLS, not I mean, not only Atlanta, but the MLS got one of these, you know, one of the best young players in the world to come play in the league. Um, I don't know how long he's going to be around, um, but I hope he'll hope he'll. I mean, it'll for a few be, years. Okay, so I mean, he's not going to leave like in the middle of this year. No, no, though, no, right? no. Yeah. He, yeah, he'll he'll definitely be here this whole year. Um, depend depending on what Arthur wants to do with him after that, uh, how he performs, we'll see. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I think that. But Barco. Almiron. Yep, Almiron, Vialba is still here, Martinez is still here, so pretty Jeff. much that, that yeah. whole core. We're pretty much swapping Assad for, because Assad played in the same role that Barco played in. Yeah. I really liked Assad. He, um, weird stat from Assad, he was the most fouled player in the MLS last year, which is kind of like a uh, shrug your shoulders. So he's good at flopping? Yeah, he was really good at flopping. Yeah. He, 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 there, it's, there's a skill to. He would get in front of defenders and then slow down, and they would run into him. And he would, they would get really, really nice uh, free kicks from from the areas that he would do hmm. that in. Um, and if you have someone that's good enough to to put it in, like Martinez from there, um, and I think that we have a, I, saw, I was watching a clip of some, um, I think it was like a German international that we have on our team. I don't know the name, um, but he was just drilling free kicks from right outside the box. And I'm, I'm interested to see if oh, that's uh, another new guy. I'm not sure. I, I think he might be. Um, I don't, I don't know enough about about that player, but um, it. it looks like if we're going to be close to the goal, we might have a good chance of yeah. of, uh, of scoring some goals that way. So last year, over half our goals were scored by Martinez, Lialba, and Almiron. Um, who are some other players that we think can contribute to the team offensively in case those guys, you know, aren't showing up every game? Um, so Julian Gressel, who was a rookie last year, um, I think is um, definitely going to contribute. Um, probably in a higher up role than he did last year. He sat a little bit deeper last or, um, last year, but I think he'll be a little bit higher up um, with a little bit more responsibility going forward than last year. So I, I think that's a name to look forward. Um, but um, other than that, I really can't think of that. Oh, I do like um, – there's a big guy that comes off the bench. Um, his name starts with a, a – his last name starts with a V. I forgot. I don't, I don't quite know what it is, but he looks – to be like six two or three, and he always come, came off the bench, um, and I really liked the way he looked going forward. And I, I thought that we would probably you know plug him in this year as a starter, but again we signed this this young guy to, to fill the spot. But um, I don't want to butcher his name. I, it's like Venezuela or something. I, I have no idea. He's, um, he's not that. Oh, Vasquez, Vasquez. Um, and and um, I, I really like the way that he plays late in the game when he comes in. Uh, so if anyone got hurt, I would I would assume he's gonna get plugged in and there wouldn't be too much of a drop-off. Um, he's a pretty big threat in the air because he is so big, um, which late in the game is helpful because you're getting a lot of crosses in and just kind of throwing the ball at the goal. So it is nice to have um, some taller folks in there uh, at that point in the game. So he's not that shithead that uh, during the playoff game, remember that guy that I was yelling at who just stood on the sidelines and never actually ran the entire game? No. He, he was a sub? Yeah. He sucked. That wasn't him. No. Okay. Um, I'm assuming we cut that guy. We we drank a lot during that game, so I'm trying. I don't remember that game like fully. But, yeah. Um, I just remember screaming at him. Yeah. And you, you were, were like, no, like my my screaming was legitimate. Yeah. 
Yeah, he wasn't getting forward at all. And he was, was lazy. A, there was tons of space. In the, yeah, I remember that going forward. That wasn't a, that wasn't someone. I think that might have been the left or right back. Okay. Um, I don't think that was anyone that was in an offensive position. But you know, we were trying to score, and that guy was just sitting there with not doing anything. Um, you know, generally in soccer, even the left and right backs they get up pretty high. You know, there's only one or two people playing um, playing up top, so they they have a lot of freedom to get up uh, and contribute offensively. So. Um, you know, when you say, like, who's going to contribute offensively, it's kind of the whole team. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, if, as far as injuries go, we're going to hurt if, it, if any of those big four go down, for yep. sure. Hmm. Uh, I guess, has anything been done to really improve the depth of United? I mean, I guess you kind of answered that question, but you think do you feel better about this year's team than last year's team in respect to depth, which was questioned a lot. Uh, last year, especially down the stretch when we were competing for uh, playoff berth? Um, yeah, um, I f- we, we picked up, um, so not so much offensively, uh, but we did pick up uh, Darlington Nagby from uh, Portland, and um, he's going to be more of an, a, a central defensive position, um, but I think that's a huge upgrade from what we had there. Um, it's Again, that's not really depth. Um, I do have a lot of concern about our center backs, um, one of our central um, center mids um, who played kind of defensively, or actually really defensively, um, Jeff Lorenowitz is plugged in right now at center back for our first two um, first two exhibition games. And I don't know if he's going to stay there or, or what, but I really dislike the way he plays. I hate uh, to ask a gay peacock question, but Lorenowitz is... An older guy, right? He is, yeah. He's he's an older MLS veteran. If you if you get that tag, MLS veteran, um, it means you've been around for a while and you're old. And I don't like MLS veterans. Just like you know, we're talking about old pitchers, right? Same um, thing. He's so like we, R- have, he's we, like an RA dick. Yeah, he's, he's, he's just a stopgap, and he's I, I think that he's been the captain the both both games that we've played. So he's like the older guy. He is the most. Um, I'll have to explain this, but he's the most negative player I've seen in a long time, meaning he does not go forward with the ball ever. Like, if he gets the ball, his first instinct is to turn towards our goal and play it back, which is not always bad, but you can't do that every time you get the ball, especially when you're in that central defensive uh, mid position, because it's kind of where the attack starts from you. You have to be at least a little bit aggressive going forward. I, I appreciate that you immediately knew you would have had to explain that to us, because I was like, oh, he's like got a negative attitude. Yeah, he's just a pissant like, like me. Like, why, why can't he just, like... No, I mean, it, from, what, life. from what it looks like, he, <laughs> he looks to be, you know, a leader on the team, which is annoying because I don't like the way he plays. Hmm. Um, but, he again, he's been the captain both um, both preseason games, so Interesting. I'm not sure. And um, we do still have Parkhurst, who is also a central... Uh, he's Sorry, he's a center back, um, where Jeff Lorenowitz... Um, is playing in this preseason. So I'm not sure if he's just hurt and he's going to get plugged in. Um, I wasn't that impressed with him, his play last year either, but he was the captain all of last year. Um, we do have a younger center back who I do like, um, Gonzalez Perez. And I think that they're trying to get more consistent older players to play next to him because he is a little bit erratic with the ball um, at his feet, at least. Um, he, he takes some risks, sometimes unnecessary risks, but I kind of like it. We're a young team that tries to go forward and control the ball, go all out, and just do that. Um, so is Lorenowitz, or whatever his name is. <laughs> I just call him, like, Smith. Is Lorenowitz? Is, is Lorenowitz, is he replacing Carlos Carmona? 
Resentment. No. So I, I would, say, I would say Nagby is replacing Carmona because I, I really liked Carmona. I liked the way he played. Because that's he was something. In that, he was in that central defensive midfield. Yeah, because that's the thing is like for a team that wasn't known for playing a heck of a lot of defense or any defense at all, mm-hmm. he seemed to be one of the the stalwart defenders that we did have. So I, I'm kind of a little more concerned this year going into the season now that we don't have him. Well, he played – he didn't play um, – you know he didn't. I know play he was along midfield. Back four. Yeah, he didn't play along the back four, but, but he, he was part yeah, of the initial, the initial uh, wall right. to, to, to so, stop advancing. Right? So we pretty much play with two central um, uh, defensive midfielders. Mm-hmm. So they're usually next to each other. One's a little more offensive. One one will sit a little bit further back in front of that back four. Lorenowitz last year sat in front of that back four, and Carmona was more a little bit more you know aggressive going forward. Right. Anyone would be because Lorenowitz again is the most negative soccer player I've ever seen in my life, but. Nagby it has the has that same skill set um, that going forward probably a little bit better skill set. Okay. Even though I really did like Carmona last year, having both of them as our central defensive midfielders would have been awesome because they could have really what you wanted to have is you know flexibility. You can you know depending on where the ball is, you you go forward, I'll sit for you, and just help each other. Um, we didn't really do that very well last year, and then paired with you know our center backs who one is a young you know kind of loose cannon with the ball and the other um parkhurst is a little slow um and just solid but i i don't know he doesn't i don't think he's the answer there um i don't think we're going to win an mls cup with him Hmm. um or lavernowitz playing at that position um so i think our major concern right now we did upgrade it right back Oh. oh, intern Jared showing up an hour and a half into the recording. <laughs> really so appreciate sorry. it. So sorry. Fresh beers, though. I have the fresh beers. <laughs> Likely story. Where's the liquor, damn it? Intern Jared, come on, man. You were making such great strides. Ever since that Super Bowl loss, he's just been down in the dump, showing up an hour and a half late, you know? Drunk. Drunk. I think he's into meth, too. Yeah. I think he knows. Or we all have our coping mechanisms. Yeah. Okay. Or, or, or he's <laughs> leave me to yeah. my. He either knows or has had relations with the girl with the that ripped out her eyeballs. I think. Mm. So on that note, we are looking for a new intern here at Atlanta Zone. <laughs> <laughs> I do have to. For all the hours I put in, fuck y'all. <laughs> that might stay. That's yeah. hilarious. <laughs> I have to. While on the subject of the eyeball thing, um, gross. Yeah, that's pretty disgusting. They, the way you ended the last episode, I was just like, mm, nope. I don't remember anything about the last episode because that stayed with me so strong. Well, that's good. I was like, ugh. You're not going to do meth now, right? Yeah. I wasn't going to do meth in the first place. It's the place. ultimate PSA. Well, I mean, see, I forgot about the meth. All I remember is someone <laughs> eating their eyeballs. <laughs> that's what meth will do to you. I guess. I don't know. Our goal here on Atlanta's own is to become the public spokespeople for meth addiction. In America. <laughs> <laughs> Against it, I guess. But uh, anyways, to wrap up our United uh, <laughs> coverage here, what, what is your expectation as an informed soccer fan of this, uh, this club, as Say, they call them, what, what is your expectation for the season realistically? Um, we, should, we should win the league this year. You should win the MLS Cup. Yeah, there's no reason we shouldn't. I, don't, I mean, I'm, again, last year was like my first real like, you know, full season of watching the MLS um, and I mostly watched Atlanta United, and I wasn't super interested. I think I watched a few Toronto games because they were at the top of the table for. And they won last year, correct? They did. I th- I'm not sure if they won the the cup, which is also stupid. They need to rearrange how they they need to have more emphasis on 
the actual season and winning the league in the season and then possibly having like an end of the year tournament for the MLS. Yeah, we discussed this a couple weeks ago, me and you, uh, how ridiculous it was that like, I mean, I remember being excited for those playoffs last year because the United were in, but Mm -hmm. then after we were out, I didn't hear anything about like, what did you say was on Fox? Was it on Fox Sports South, the championship game? Fox Sports One, probably. I, I mean, I, I Fox Sports One, yeah. yeah. Skip but Bayless's it was also chain. it was also like a four o'clock on a football Saturday. Yeah, like, like no, that, that could definitely be a big thing if you come right. up with like. Yeah, no, it should be it, like every other league in the world. I we just need to put our American pride away for a second and just say, hey, this is how soccer works everywhere else. Yeah, let's just do it like everyone else. Make does. Make it a big thing, right? So for every other country, winning the league is the main goal for the season. You have. You know, for every other fucking sport there is. Right. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, so the playoffs in the MLS, it really should be more of a, a League Cup situation or something like that. They could restructure it. You know, you could still do seedings and do like a whole playoff. But um, I think that winning the actual league should be the most important thing, which last year turned out okay because Toronto had the best record and won the league and they won the cup. So, um, so it, it worked out, you know, and it does work out like that for some uh, sometimes you, they call it a double, but, um, but I think that we pretty much restructure how we do it. Bottom line for Atlanta United, our expectations should be MLS Cup or bust. And I'm just excited for the city again. I mean, that's the for me the most exciting part is the energy's already there. It's I think it's going to be bigger than last season, which is pretty sweet. Opposite of my prediction, I thought that it was going to drop off, but that's no, clearly not so. going to happen. Um, so people are already stoked about the season, and uh, and it starts next week. Actually, yeah, next week. Next week, yeah. Uh, March third mm-hmm. is the first game against the the Dynamo, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Houston, who's who should be one of the worst teams in the league. So cool. Maybe a nice four or five goal win. Awesome. Good prediction. Um, I'll say I'll say four just to lock it in. Yeah, there we go. It's locked of the week. Well, Arthur, thank you for coming on the show and to discuss United and all things Atlanta sports. We appreciate it. It's always fun. Yeah, we could not have done uh, this one without you. We probably would have just no. focused on the Mercedes Benz. We were talking about how <laughs> hard it is to get out of the stadium and how some poor woman was stuck in there for 12 hours after the national championship. Wait, game. what? That, I didn't hear that. Yeah, it happened apparently. I was I was stuck in there for about two hours. I think. Jesus. It, it took me about an hour to get in, which I completely understand. Right. I mean, the president's going to be there. There should be more security. Uh, fun fact: There was only security getting through. I mean, there's security gate, and then there was the little line where you scan your ticket in. Nobody was standing there. You could just walk through. Yeah, you I heard you didn't, you so didn't many stories of people just getting in for free. You did not need tickets to go to that game, which wow, is sure. a shame because they were expensive. Yeah, yeah, I can't imagine. That would piss me off royally. Just so much if I spent like two, three thousand dollars and just hear all these people getting in for free. Yeah. Very unfair. Very but unfair. They did. They, they are changing the way people exit the stadium now because of that. I heard they're, they're, they're adding more yeah, doors. Yeah, they're they're adding doors. a few garage doors. They pretty much blew holes in the wall of the oh, brand new like, stadium. Just big thing. They're just gonna yeah, raise them. Big, oh, I think that's fuck great. Out of here. Yeah. yeah, yeah massive, good, good massive uh, doorways. Easy fix. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, that's gonna wrap up today's episode of Atlanta Zone. Thank you as always for making us a part of your day or evening. Remember, chop on. Stay in brotherhood. Rise up. Unite and conquer, and remain true to Atlanta. Hospitalmanship.